This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Welcome to All Possibilities. I'm your host, Julie Chan, and I am here today with Jillian Richardson. She's a freelance writer and the founder of The Joy List. Yes, that is true. Those Mm. are both true things. (laughs) So Jillian, it's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you. So on today's show, we're going to get to know Jillian a little bit about what she does and more about this Joy List. And we're going to go into a mini intuitive reading that I've already done for her. So that's going to be super exciting for both of us. Yeah, I'm pumped to hear that. So Jillian, why don't you start off by sharing with us what you do and what the Joy List is? Yeah, so I am a full-time freelance writer, work for myself, and I work with companies that want to make their customers smile and laugh. So essentially, I am a funny copywriter. Uh, So I do both work for brands, and I also do a little bit of journalism, doing some first-person pieces. Uh, Some examples of stuff I'm doing right now, I work with Elevest, which is an investing company for women, and I'm doing profiles of like badass retired ladies for them. Uh, I'm working for Skillshare, doing some pieces on, or I take some of their courses. They're an online education company, and I take courses that are totally out of my comfort zone and write about that. Uh, and then just doing a lot of ghostwriting for companies as well. Yeah. And so I already see a theme of making people smile and laugh. So what is the joy list then? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the joy list is something that um, I was inspired to make because when I moved to New York, I had a hard time finding communities that really resonated with me and that I felt really comfortable with. And then when I found those communities, I got really excited and started like sharing all these events with my friends. And when I met people who'd recently moved to the city, I just got really excited and was like, oh, you should meet this person. You should go to this event. Like, it's such a good group of people. You'll love them. Um, And then I started to actually compile that into a weekly newsletter. It was, I think, the week when Trump got elected. So that wasn't on purpose, but it was definitely good timing. It was something that I personally needed to put out there. And I think other people really wanted to hear that like in New York, there are communities of really good people and there are events that you can go to where you can feel supported and feel loved. What are some examples of your favorites? Some of my favorites. Um, I'm in this community called uh, Medi Club. So it's this kind of like millennial meditation club. 
Uh, it's people typically in their 20s and 30s. And there's three different levels. There's the big quiet, which is this meditation event where there's like a thousand people in really large landmarks in New York City, like a One World Trade Center or Central Park or Governor's Island. That's the one coming up. And then there's Medi Club, which is once a month, and that's around 250 people meditating. And there's like performers and free food, and it's really fun. And then there's my favorite part, which is called Circles, and that's once a week. And that's a group of typically like 15 people, and that's divided by borough and by theme. So the one that I run is for mindful entrepreneurs, people who run their own businesses who want to just we meditate for like 15 minutes and then we have a conversation about the emotions of running your own business and i love doing that i always because really no matter where someone lives in the city they can find a circle that's near them and it's like ten dollars you don't even have to donate if you don't have the funds and it's just a great way to meet people in your area and like deeply connect really quickly so i love that i always recommend that to people i'd gone to one of the events um that was on the joy list i think and oh yes yeah? and it was um it was a talk by an author um and, and involved involved circling also mm -hmm. and it was a really fascinating way to to meet people and also to to like to really have an like an intimate connection with someone you really don't know and yeah. so part of that involved staring into someone's eyes mm-hmm I'm a sucker for that. I love eye gaze. <laughs> I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday. I love eye gazing. Hmm. What do you think happens <laughs> when you eye gaze? Um, so actually yesterday night, I had my mindful entrepreneur circle and we always let somebody start the evening by like doing something that they learned or something they want to try out. We give people a chance to kind of experiment with different forms of meditation and so my friend Drew, he had just done eye gazing for the first time, like the week before. And he was like, this is nuts. Like, I want to do this. So we did that. Uh, and we each sat across from somebody and we put our hand on one of their shoulders and then our other hand on our heart. And my friend Amy was also there and she's a Tantra teacher. And she says that the reason eye gazing is so interesting is because it makes people feel like they're not alone because you're looking into somebody's eyes and you see yourself in that person, uh, just like looking at their eyes and just seeing like they're a human being just like I am. Uh, and it's something, just something about looking into someone's eyes for so long feels like very, very intimate. Mm. So it's fun. It's intense. I have a friend who's starting a dating program that's eye gazing based. Like you just go and it's speed dating, but with eye gazing. Hmm. So is the idea that you, if you, feel a connection then you can talk more yeah I think so I've done I've done it with strangers before and I do feel like very connected to them after and just more comfortable talking I guess like more comfortable being like snuggly with the person like giving them a long hug and stuff because it's like I don't know if it's false intimacy but I feel like it's it's a good way to just feel comfortable with someone more quickly mm. There, there was an event that I went to where the first time I ever did eye gazing, the they they asked whether we received messages, intuitive messages, as we were looking at someone's Ooh, eyes, boy. like th information about their lives that would just come up. And this was before I was familiar with 
intuition really, or that I, you know, had that, that ability, um, or that anyone had that ability. And lo and behold, messages did come up. Mm. And there was also a point in time when both of us started crying for, for no other reason other than it felt like this incredible connection Mm -hmm. that was beyond either of us. It's amazing what comes up. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel emotional a lot as well. And it's so interesting. And so for you, you were getting messages about the person. I haven't felt that. But I also have only done eye gazing for like three or four minutes at a time. I want to sit down for like Mm. 20 minutes and just (laughs) just stare at someone and see what happens. Yeah, well, I think when you're open to receiving messages, because I think that was part of the prompt, you Mm. might actually find that you'll get some get some hits. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that being an option. Mm. That that will open a whole new world when the next time you do eye gazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so you talk about joy a lot and and wanting to inspire people and make them smile. So mm-hmm. what motivated that? Is, is was there sort of a time when you felt the opposite? Yeah, well, I was very lucky when I was in college. I was really into comedy. Um, I was in like a sketch and improv group all four years. I loved it so much. Uh, Yet weirdly, I like didn't feel that happy. I didn't feel that connected to people. And the reason I moved to New York was my goal was to be a writer for TV, to write for like late night or a sitcom or something like that. And I just wasn't feeling that happy in the comedy community. I wasn't feeling like I really connected with people uh, or that I was part of like a deeper community than just making jokes with each other, uh, which is fine. But I wanted more than that. And then I went to this summer camp for adults called Camp Grounded uh, in New York. And I just felt this very deep connection to people really quickly. And that kind of started my spree of just going to a bunch of different events like by myself and trying to check out these different communities like these mindfulness communities personal development uh and was just kind of surprised at how happy I felt with those people and how connected I felt and it made me kind of not really want to pursue comedy as much because it was trying to think of the right way to say this it made me not want to pursue comedy as much because I didn't have that level of happiness in that community. And I didn't realize it until I went to other places. So. Hmm. So I wanted to use my writing still in a fun way. Cause I know that I'm good at being funny and I know that I'm good at kind of having like a, a more playful tone of voice and realized that I could use that for writing for companies and doing first person stories without kind of the competitive edge that's needed to get a leg up in the comedy world. It's really ironic mm-hmm. that you were in, in an environment known for fun and joy mm-hmm. and making people laugh. Yeah. I feel like a lot of comedians are not actually the happiest people. Um, which it's so funny. My parents like never understand that. But if you just like, I don't hang out with a lot of stand-up comedians, but they everyone overlaps. A lot of people in the sketch comedy world, they also do stand-up. And I don't know, there's, there's a, for me, I felt like an undercurrent of people not really 
loving themselves and that kind of rubbed off on me. And then when I fell into these communities where people were like doing a lot of work on themselves and I could just feel this kind of like glow coming from these people. And I was like, oh, like, I guess this is an option of living your life. Like you can be this happy. Uh, And I just wanted to surround myself with more of that. So you had mentioned before you love working with entrepreneurs and you're a freelancer yourself. Mm -hmm. And that comes with a whole roller coaster of emotions. Yes. So how how do you balance all of those emotions, especially when it comes to, you know, where's the next paycheck Mm -hmm. coming from? Yeah, to be honest, that's something I'm really still working on. Uh, I feel like my my issues within that were really highlighted. I was just on a trip away for like two weeks and I was surrounded by friends and surrounded by family and was super happy. And then I came back to New York and I'm a freelancer and I work by myself and just like the loneliness of it hit me super hard because it was such a juxtaposition between like two weeks of just people all around all the time, all these conversations to just like being alone either in my apartment or a coffee shop or being in a co-working space where like even though there's people there, they might not necessarily be wanting to have a conversation. So I'm, I'm still figuring out the balance with that element of freelancing, how I can still get that human connection that really lights me up, even though I work for myself. And then when it comes to um, the actual money aspect, I've been working a lot on just trusting that jobs are going to come my way and like putting in the marketing efforts. I'm I'm lucky enough to be able to afford like a career coach and I'm thinking of getting a marketing coach for myself soon so I can educate myself on all these things. But really just I've learned that I kind of have to be like, well, like most of the jobs I've had haven't come from my marketing efforts at all. It's come from people who just hear about me or they get my newsletter, this big job that I just got that's going to be super fun. It's just a woman who liked my tone of voice in my newsletter. And that I didn't do to get freelance writing jobs. I just did it because I thought it could help other people. And uh, so I feel like I'm I'm good at trusting that things will come my way if I put in the work, even if that work doesn't actually yield results. I feel like just like putting into the universe that I am looking for work, I'm putting an effort. Things have been coming my way so far. <laughs> so far, it's been fine. Trusting in the universe. That is a big one. Yeah. Freelancing, that's a that's a test all the time. Hmm. Well, at least you're showing up. I think that's half the battle. Right? Yes, it's true. I feel like I know so many people who are like, oh, I could never go freelance. I could never just like be constantly looking for work and like not knowing when the next thing is coming. But I don't know. I feel like the the pros outweigh the cons for me. So you've talked a lot about your past and what you're doing now. What do you think your long-term path is? What are you hoping to have? Or or how do you see your life being? That's a good question. I, like two years ago, I had a five-year plan. And I was like, this is what I'm going to be doing. And I knew, I, in my head, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And now, honestly, I'm really not sure I feel I have a gut sense that the freelance projects that I'm going to be getting are going to inform what I'll be doing in the future. Um, One thing I might be doing is potentially making a small creative agency with some friends and working with brands that want to do social good or that have a fun tone of voice. 
And I think that for me would solve the issue of constantly being by myself is that I'd be working with friends and making more money that way. And that idea feels good. But other than that, I really do not know. I see myself maybe working for festivals or working for camps, maybe traveling and doing travel writing. But honestly, I'm figuring it out. And it's okay to be uncertain. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, that's actually the place where there's all possibilities. Very true. Yeah. I I personally like living in that space and having, maybe having ideas come up and then seeing where they lead. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even for me, if, if you had asked me what I would be doing at this point, you know, a year ago, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah. That's where the surprise is. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm like a year from now, I have no idea what I'll be doing, but I have a feeling it'll be fun. That's all that matters. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into the mini intuitive reading that I've done for Jillian. We'll be right back after this. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. Find us at The Music Lover Podcast. But remember, that's Music Lover without the vowels. M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes. We're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast. We'll see you there. All right, we are back, and I am here with Jillian Richardson, who is a freelance writer and the founder of The Joy List. So we had just talked about her journey going from being in the the comedy world to uh, all the work that she's doing now for brands. And now we're going to dive into the mini intuitive reading that I've already done for her. So how this will work is that um, I already have it in my phone because I do all my readings beforehand. Mm -hmm. And how I do it is I first meditate. Usually I do this at home in a quiet space and just to quiet my mind. And then I set the intention to receive information that is for your highest guidance at this time. And what that means is kind of given everything that's going on, what is the one thing that I can share with you that can align you with who you are on a soul level and that can help you move forward in the way that you want to move forward. So 
what happens is I, I receive thought impressions and it's very subtle. It's almost like it's my own voice, but it's not my voice. And I'm fully conscious. I'm at my laptop and I'm channeling. I'm typing out words, sentences, just fully articulated. And then every so often I'll hear, okay, it's time for an image. And so I'll close my eyes and I'll see uh, kind of like streaming video. These It's almost as if you're reliving a memory, but this is brand new information for me. And I might feel emotion, I might know things, and then I'm back to typing. So I type out what I saw, what it means, and what I felt, and all, all of that is is dictation. So I'm still, you know, receiving thoughts and, and typing them out. Um, and then for everyone, I get an action step. So this is something that you can play around with, you can engage with, reflect on. And what I found is that there, you know, you can always receive information, but if you don't actually use it to kind of, it's almost like channeling information in your mind outward into external action, it really it doesn't do anything. So it's it's always what is the inspired action that you can take now mm-hmm. that that I find really kind of changes the trajectory of where you would have been. So it's kind of like a if you think of it as a timeline of this is where you could be and if you were to keep taking the same actions and have the same thoughts and beliefs, this is where you'd end up. You can actually in your present moment kind of I call it just jumping to a different timeline. And then that might look completely different. So um, so I will read this verbatim to you. And um, I will then ask, how does this resonate with you, if at all? And what does it bring up for you? So thoughts, memories, stories, emotions, um, ideas, whatever bubbles up, you know, don't censor anything. Uh, usually people will say, oh, you know, these thoughts came up, but they don't seem related. I mean, like, it doesn't matter. Like, sometimes we think non-linearly, and that's a good thing. Okay. So two more notes. One is that everything's written in third person. So Mm -hmm. it refers to you as Jillian, as she, her, those pronouns, and then refers to me as you, because I'm the one seeing all of this. And then every so often there are words that are in all caps. And that means that it is, these particular words are capitalized. They're emphasized. They're just more important. And I will use my visual signal like this to say that um, these words as I'm speaking it are in all caps. And for the audience, uh, I'll say all caps right after that word. All right. All right. So there's a a lot going on. (laughs) I'm excited to hear this. All right. So for you, I asked, what is the highest guidance for her at this time? And it says, you saw jelly beans, a handful of brightly colored candies on a table, just begging to be discovered. Each one carried a different flavor though the colors were so subtly different that one couldn't really tell what the flavors were or how they differed from each other. Her life is like a jar of jelly beans, each one different, each one carrying its own flavor. Sometimes she could eat a whole bunch of them as a handful together. And they would combine into a flavor altogether new and unto itself. 
Sometimes she could eat one single one, and savor all caps, it, with a sense of identification, curiosity, and familiarity. What trips her up is when she is always on the hunt for the all caps jelly bean. The one that just trumps all the other ones. That she can give up on the others and stick with that one. There is no such thing as the all caps jelly bean. There is such thing as being in a state of discovery, and relishing each moment that does exist. And then the image that I got for you is a continuation of this metaphor. It says, "You saw a large jar of jelly beans. A small child put her hand into the jar, and grabbed a bunch." Then lined them up on the table, examining each one closely. Some of them, the yellow ones, immediately made her feel disgusted, and she shunned them, separating some colors out so that she would stay away from them. In the midst of other small children, she urged the other kids to stay away from them too. And then the action step is to reflect on when she may actually automatically presume that she might react in a certain way before she has even tried it or given it a chance. Look at how she may sway people to go one way or the other. It is about being open and encouraging others to be open as well. So that's the end of the mini reading. I'd love to hear how this resonates, if at all, and what it brings up for you. So thoughts, memories, stories, emotions, whatever bubbles up for you. Mm, this is really this is not not at all what is what I was expecting, but it's really interesting. Uh, the thing that comes to mind most is when you were talking about the child, like telling other people what to do. Uh, reminds me that when I was a kid, I was very bossy. I was a know-it-all child and really liked to. I just like to be perceived as very smart when I was a kid. I was all about like being the top of the class, like reading my work to all the other kids.、Uh, so that reminded me of myself、uh, when I was younger,、um, and so I feel like now I am trying to not be that way. Like as I was saying before, like just. Doing what is fun and interesting to me, and taking things as they come, and not being like this one project's gonna change my life, or like I'm gonna do this one thing and everything will turn out like the way they were, the way things were supposed to. So, I feel like the reading didn't give me a sense that I'm doing something wrong. I feel like it reinforced that the way I'm living my life right now is correct. Even though, like, I came from a family that was very much about like, you will work for the best, you will be the best. Like, you find the biggest company you can that has to do with what you want to do. You have like a bullseye, you have a target, and you go for that. 
because my dad he was a he was a headhunter so he was all about like me being a very good job candidate and like I had internships since I was like 15 years old um and so the fact that now I'm working for myself and doing everything as a like a solopreneur I guess you would say um can sometimes feel like oh maybe I'm not doing the right thing maybe I should be working for a larger company um but to me like all the projects that I have or like things that I could possibly be doing are like those jelly beans I feel like I have a lot of very fun options and I very purposefully I feel like opened myself to my my career being fun and so I to me those jelly beans are either just things in my life that I can be doing like career-wise, travel-wise. And it's just like you said, like not not shunning anything and just trying things out, taking different combinations of opportunities and seeing what resonates best. Yeah. It um the reading brought up a couple of distinctions. One is the kind of you can picture grabbing a whole bunch of jelly beans and eating them at the same time and that that creates something new mm-hmm. and that that's okay that may look that may translate into you know maybe how you work with brands or or how how you approach work in that way and then at the same time you can also take one single jelly bean mm-hmm. and then savor every single moment of that particular flavor and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. So how does how does that resonate with you? Like, what does it bring up in terms of examples in your own life? Yeah, I think the the example of taking a handful of jelly beans and that making its own flavor resonates with me. It um because I feel like right now I'm doing a lot of different small things. I'm doing a lot of small projects that are different and fun in their own ways. And I have a gut feeling that as a result of all these things that I'm doing, I will be making something that's inspired by that in the future. And I'm not sure what that is. Um, And I feel like it's, I just have an instinct that all these different jelly beans that I'm kind of doing a bunch of stuff at the same time will result in something like that's its own unique flavor in the future. And I'm just trusting that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The reading also brought up that what trips you up is hunting for the jelly bean. Mm-hmm. The one that you can say, okay, I just love this one. Everything else, you know, I don't have to, I can stop, you know, discovering all the other ones. This is the one and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. How does that relate to your life? Yeah, I I feel like because growing up, I didn't really have a model of someone doing a bunch of things as a job. I feel like I, in the back of my head, assume like, oh, if you keep freelancing, eventually you're going to find the place where like you love it and that's your company and you work for them or even just outside of work, just like, oh, you find like the hobby that you love and that's the thing that you do. Um, So I guess maybe letting go of the notion that I'm doing all of these things to find like the number one job or like the number one hobby and knowing that really my personality to me seems like 
doing a bunch of things is what lights me up. Like having a bunch of like small jobs or like doing a bunch of different activities. Um, I'm trying to think if this like maybe relates to my romantic life and I'm not totally sure. It probably can. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's like the way it works is that it's sort of, we embody this energy Mm -hmm. and it's kind of plugged into our belief system and, and, fears and hopes and all of those things and that because we embody this energy in everything that we do whether it's our career or relationships it can then affect those areas yeah yeah i'm thinking in my head i'm like what if the jelly beans were men like what would this mean then um yeah let's go down that road because <laughs> i'm like for me it's very comfortable to talk about career and i'm like talking about this would make me more uncomfortable so i should do that mm-hmm. um but that i feel so if the jelly beans were men it would be either hmm well this this reminds me of i was just as i was telling you before i was at this summer camp for adults like a week ago and there i feel like because it's like in the woods there's no tech everyone just connects very quickly and I found myself very easily being able to connect to men and just like I had like five different guys where I was like oh like I really like all these people and I felt like very connected to them very quickly and all of them made me like equally happy and it was kind of like this weird moment where I was like oh I wonder if like polyamory is actually for me or like maybe (laughs) like maybe this is something I could actually do because before I've had I have no I know a lot of people who are polyamorous and it's never really jived with me personally it's not something I saw for myself so it's interesting that in your reading it's the juxtaposition between like having a bunch of options or like maybe that could be like a bunch of partners and all of them being equally good versus having one partner and really savoring that person and really taking the time to get to know that person um that's a crossroads that I find myself at right now is figuring out if I want one partner and really like going deep with them and like really having a long-term romantic partner who I really know versus having a couple romantic partners who I can learn different things from. Uh, so yeah, I guess the, the reading would say it could be either and both are fine. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the moment you let go of this need mm-hmm. to hunt for the jelly bean, whether it's the career or job, gig or or you know a person Mm -hmm. that it frees it frees you up to be who you are on a soul level yeah whatever that may mean and it's kind of in that moment where you can really make a choice like there's like all of your brain and your heart connected it's not kind of listening to all these other you know voices or noise that's like i need to find like there's one way to do this yeah yeah so letting go of my expectations and just seeing what happens so the reading had said there is such thing as being in a state of discovery Mm -hmm. and relishing each moment that does exist it's kind of sinking into that Mm mm-hmm All right, so let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll dive a little deeper into the reading and we'll talk more with Jillian. We'll be right back.
If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. Reach out to the Mouth Media team now at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Let's explore how we can collaborate and make Mouth Media Network a meaningful resource to share your message and grow your business. Again, that's podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. All right, and we are back. I'm here with Jillian Richardson, and we just went over her mini intuitive reading about jelly beans. Mm-hmm. So... The mini reading brought up this image of the the young girl, the small child who's like, you know, very methodically lining up all the jelly beans and choosing the ones that she wants to eat. And then the other, she's like, oh, no, like, stay away from these. Mm-hmm. And in part kind of influences the people around her to say, go for these, don't go for, don't try for these. Um, and you had talked about how that reminded you of when you were young. How do you see moments of that coming out in your present life as an adult? Yeah. I'm I'm honestly not sure about the the influencing others part. Um but the the being methodical in choices, I still definitely see in myself. I like to think that I'm like very open to new things and new possibilities. Um I definitely could work on that in like being more in the moment. Um, You went back over the line of being open to discovery while still savoring the moment. And that really resonated with me of um, doing new things, but also living in the moment while doing those new things. I think that I, because I'm constantly doing so many new things all of the time that I can be doing that thing and be thinking about the next one. Uh, So to me, that said to focus more on being in the present moment, appreciating what is in front of me and not just constantly thinking about the next new shiny thing that I'll be doing because I feel like I'm very lucky. I have a life where I can be experimenting and traveling and doing fun new things and I am conscious of the fact that sometimes I'm not exactly in that moment when I'm so lucky to be doing these things and I really want to be absorbing all of that as much as I possibly can. Yeah, being present in the discovery and not kind of constantly looking for the next new thing. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us can relate to that because it's almost like a part of our minds is always looking towards the future. Like, what will this help me do? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how will it, how will it help me build whatever it is I'm building so that I can get from point A to point B to point C. Yeah. Actually, recently, uh, we were talking about men before 
Um, I was talking with a friend yesterday and I've deleted all the dating apps on my phone because I really have been trying to be, because I go to so many events and meet a lot of people and I'm trying to get more in tune with my intuition and with the people who are actually physically in front of me and be like, do I like this person? Like maybe I should ask this person out on a date versus relying solely on apps where it's very easy to ask someone out because it's on a screen. And that so far hasn't worked for me. Like I've been on dates through dating apps, but it's never resulted in an amazing connection. So I've been trying to be more in the moment and listen to my gut more and be like, oh, maybe this is a person who would work well for me. And it's much scarier to ask someone out on a date in real life who you actually know versus a random stranger on my phone. Um, But I'm working on doing that as well. Getting in tune with myself. That's really interesting because before you said when you were at Camp Grounded where there was no technology, it was very easy for you to connect with people yeah. on, a, on a, I would say, like deeper level. Mm-hmm. And, and it seemed like you were surprised by by that even coming about. Yeah, totally. And then now there is so much technology that kind of facilitates the whole dating um, connection. And I wonder, you know, technology is a tool and we can use it and, and, or it can be a crutch, but I wonder like what life would be like if it were kind of like what you were talking about, you know, like Mm -hmm. when you meet someone and you, you hear your inner voice saying, Hmm, maybe I should ask them out to actually follow through. Yeah. So I've been trying to give myself no other option. I'm going to be like, oh, well, I'm kind of too scared to do that. So I'm like going to go on Bumble and like find someone to go out with on Friday night being like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be going out with anyone. Um, it's just being like, going to get my ovaries and ask this person out. I did that yesterday, actually. I was talking to my friend and she was like, have you asked anyone out recently? I was like, to be honest, no. And there was someone who I wanted to ask out and then I did it. And he waited a really long time to reply. And I was super nervous. And I felt like I was in fourth grade. But then he said yes. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So I asked out a real human being who I know. <laughs> and it worked. Awesome. And that's courage right yeah, there. Yeah, that was scary. Beautiful. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Proud of myself. Good job, me. <laughs> maybe maybe you should have a, a, instead of a joy list, maybe something where it kind of puts people outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, I try and do that every week. I feel like some people say like some of the events on the joy list seem like really random and like not like they fit. But I purposefully try to include some stuff that I feel like will be outside of people's comfort zones. Like I'll include like a bondage class that my friend is leading or like an intimacy party or something like something that's not like yoga or meditation that seems a little bit random to see people will get outside their comfort zone, like you said. So so you talk about um, meditation clubs, different activities on the joy list, and, mm-hmm. you, and we just talked about the notion of being outside of your comfort zone and having that courage to do something that you maybe wouldn't normally do. And those things maybe could lead to joy. So, so my question for you is, what is joy? for you how does how do all of these things that we just talked about relate Mm. 
I think I'm going to base my answer off of what I experienced when I was at camp recently because actually I had my best friend from college with me. I convinced her to come to camp and she said uh, at the end, she said, I feel like I've met a new version of you. Like this is the best version of you. And she was like, I love you always, but I feel like I met a different version of Jillian at this camp. Like it's a hundred percent you. And so when I left, I was thinking about like, well, why is that? Why was I the happiest version of myself at this camp? And I really think that all that joy was just inspired by being surrounded by people who fully accepted me, accepted all my flaws, loved me regardless, and were just there to support me. And that I fully felt like I was there to support all the people around me. So it had really nothing to do with the activities I was doing or like just anything I was actually doing during the day. It was all about the people around me and the feeling that they gave me and knowing that I was fully supporting all those people, just like really listening to them, really being there and them doing the same for me. So I guess, yeah, for me, joy is just all about community and who I surround myself with because that personally has been what's made me the happiest I've ever been. Community. Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm trying to create with the joy list is helping people find those tribes where they go there and maybe didn't even realize they could be that supported or feel that loved. Cause I feel like there's a lot of amazing communities in New York that where people really are there to, to just fully accept everyone as they are. And in turn, people realize that they can really give that love and support to others. And that's such a beautiful thing. And I, I just want people to, to feel that which is why I'm hopefully steering them in that direction. Beautiful. It boils down to love. Yes. A cliche, but so true. <laughs> it's the most important thing. Yes, it is. Um, so all of my guests have an opportunity to kind of share maybe a final word of wisdom or a cause that they really believe in that they want the audience to know about. So what is that for you? Mm. I think for me right now, it's really just stepping away from technology and being fully present with the people around you. So if that's when you go to a friend's house, having a box where everyone puts their cell phones, uh, downloading, there's this app called Freedom where you can block all social media from your phone and from your computer for certain hours in the day. So I'm, I'm trying to do 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. I can't access like Netflix, any social media, any email. So I just pretty much can't use my technology and I'm forced to do other things. And yeah, just being mindful of how our phones and computers impact the way that we're connecting with people because I didn't realize how much it affected me until it was taken away. And then I was blown away by how deeply I could connect with other people. So I feel like that's something for people to think about because it really impacted my life a whole bunch. Good words of wisdom. And I hope people listen. <laughs> yeah. It can be hard, but it's totally worth it. Set those boundaries. People will respect them. Yes. And how can our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah. So my handle for pretty much everything is that Jillian, like T-H-A-T-J-I-L-L-I-A-N. That's my website, thatjillian.com. It's that on Instagram, on Twitter. I have a Facebook page, which is also that Jillian. So you can creep on me there. And they can sign up for the joy list there? Yes. If they go to thatjillian.com, there is a tab that says joy list. 
sign up there and then you just have to uh, confirm your subscription. You'll get an email and then you should be all set. I send it out either every Sunday or Monday. I'm still experimenting with which day works best. And these are events specifically in New York City. Yes, specifically in New York City for now. For now. Yes, for now. We'll see. All right. Well, Jillian, it was so great to have you on the show today. And I hope that this jelly bean will be around (laughs) you all the time. Use it as a meditation tool. Um, Use it to remind yourself that, you know what, I don't have to hunt for the jelly bean. I I can do whatever I want, right? So Yeah. So many good, good jelly beans around. Yes. And use it to bring you joy. Uh, I'm all about it. I will do that. Thank you. Awesome. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. And go find your own jelly bean, whatever it is. Maybe maybe it's actually candy or maybe it's, <laughs> it's an activity that you uh, used to love doing when you were a kid and you haven't done it in however many years. So go discover and go relish that moment. So until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.